Well, we have a very fascinating uh, gospel text here, but I'm not going to actually focus on the gospel. So we're going to skip over the gospel, go back to our, our first book, because I think I can tie our first reading into today we celebrate again. It's not a liturgical, it's not a liturgical calendar, but you know, it's an American holiday here. We got President's Day. It's really actually, uh, the, the celebration of the birthday of, of George Washington. It's really all about George Washington today. It's focusing mainly on George Washington. I mean, it extends to other presidents as well, but today we commemorate George Washington in a special way. Um, we see here in our uh, first reading wisdom. Uh, wisdom is embedded in creation. We look all throughout creation. We see God's wisdom, and the wisdom of God, it, to that extent and to that degree, is open to to all men uh, who uh, have the use of reason and and can uh, abide by the dictates of their conscience and live according to that, and. Um, so, you know, we look at someone like George Washington. He wasn't a Catholic. Um, I don't know what his eternal destiny is, whether he's in heaven or hell. So he's not, you know, he's certainly not um, a saint, because a saint is someone that we know for sure is in heaven. Um, uh, but he's a remarkably virtuous man and wise man. And uh, just, you know, from... What I would say is the people in the 18th century, when you read the authors, now not all the founding fathers were like this. I think someone like Thomas Jefferson, who I'm sure our country has received great benefits from him. Nonetheless, he was a, he was very much a, an unbeliever and really kind of anti-religion, against religion, very avidly, really, <laughs> rapidly against religion. Uh, so he was kind of an infidel of sorts, and, and he wasn't alone in that. Um, and he had some immoral aspects to his life. But then we have guys like George Washington, who was just a remarkably upright uh, and virtuous and wise person, and our country is unbelievably blessed to have him as one of our founding fathers, one of the most important people who, who lies at the origin of our nation. Uh, Providence has given this man to us, and, and we really, as a father of our nation, we are incredibly, incredibly blessed and lucky to have him um, as our first president, uh, drawing just from, you know, I think that the people of the 18th century, just drawing from natural wisdom, even if it wasn't from scripture necessarily, uh, just drawing from natural wisdom, they were wiser, more prudent, and more virtuous than the vast majority of people today who attend church and have at their disposal revealed religion. It's because we don't listen to our revealed religion. We don't follow it. We don't really take it to heart. We haven't truly internalized it. We're more uh, influenced and swayed by popular culture than we are by our own faith tradition. So when you read uh, and you study the lives of these people from this time period, you think to yourself, my gosh, these people are, I mean, they were like moral midgets compared to a lot of these, a lot of these people like George Washington. Now, he has a famous speech, and this speech is read actually every year. I think it's read in Congress or something like that. I have to clarify that one. But it's his famous um, departing speech when he stepped down from the presidency. They wanted him to run a third term, and he declined. So he only ran two terms, so that he kind of set a precedent uh, right, for all succeeding presidents after him. And I think it was a, there was a lot of reasons why he did that. One of it, though, really was just plain old humility. And he recognized God as the king, like we read about here in our scriptures, as there is but one most high, all-powerful, creator king, truly all-inspiring, seated upon his throne, and is the God of dominion. And it's, 
his uh, Washington's desire to be humble and say, like, you know, I'm finite. Man's authority and power and ability to influence has got limits to it. And uh, no, I'm not the almighty king. There's one almighty king. That really was a, a large aspect of his motive. But read uh, here what he says in is a very instructive, powerful um, discourse that he composed on his stepping down from the presidency. Here's just one of many things that he said. Now, of course, their language and their ability to write at that time and speak was um, amazing. <laughs> so, I'm, honestly, I think most people can't even understand what they wrote and what they said at the, today. <laughs> can't even understand what they said at the time. So we'll just have to listen closely here. Um, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. So he's saying that for the political life of the nation, religion and morality are absolutely essential. And it's it would be totally stupid to think that you're a patriot and yet you try to undermine these, these, uh, these things. Um, the mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them. A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity, meaning that you could write tons and tons of books about how much uh, morality and religion are connected to happiness, both of the individual, the family, and the state. And he says, um, uh, he goes on here, there's a lot here. He says, let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Very, very important. I think I made this po same point with uh, when we celebrated the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Meaning that there's some people who are, you know, kind of like natural philosophers and their minds can kind of grasp the principles of ethics apart from them being revealed to them through religious tradition. That's not the most people, though. Most people need their morality to be revealed to them, to be given to them. They need that instruction. And that's, in fact, one of the reasons why God precisely has revealed religion, why he spoke to us through prophets, is to give the generality of mankind guiding principles of morality. And when religion wanes in a nation, so will its morals. There's no doubt about it. And so the founding father, one of the founding fathers of our nation here, speaking to us today about this importance. So let's listen to him. And let's pray that we, uh, as a nation, listen to him. He goes on, he talks about the importance of unity in the nation and not uh, being factious and fighting each other. And I think that's another message that we need to listen to today. We're, we're very much at odds with each other after the recent election. And uh, we need to really be united despite our, our various political opinions. We, we, meet, we need to be united for the common good um, and to, uh, to uh, also uphold and to promote public morality and, and religion. So let's that, let's that today be a prayer. Uh, first of all, thanksgiving for our nation. Um, a wonderful gift that it is to us and to really the whole world as it should be. America is a special, special country. Um, and, uh, and then let's pray though that, um, religion and public morality as, as President Washington said would, would 
be part and part of part and parcel of who we are as Americans.